Hello, welcome to another Coffee with My White Friend. This is Jackie, and as I mentioned in the previous podcast, Jonita is just taking some time with her family to process everything that's going on, And um, but her and I will be back uh, next week with a uh, update on her and some of the stuff that's been going on that people have been saying to her, oh my word, white people, we have some work to do. Uh, but today I have a special guest with me. I have Mel T. And just for us white people to get a background and understanding of black culture, because I really feel like this is part of the conversation that is not being discussed. We know white culture, right? We know that white culture is hierarchical and we know that white culture is patriarchal, right? Yes, we know this. But do we really know black culture or do we just know black culture from the news or from TV, sitcoms? We don't really know it, obviously. We're not in it. So I've asked Mel T to join me today and kind of explain to us, give us a bird's eye view of black culture and why it is the way it is today and some of the things that um, we have done white culture has done to perpetuate some of the um, things that are going on in black culture that are in the process of changing, which is amazing. So welcome, Melty, to Coffee with My White Friend. I'll be your white friend today. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I want to say thank you for having me. You know, um, this is a privilege to be able to speak on your podcast. Um I would like to start off by saying um, that I really feel like media has played a, a, a role, a negative role in um, making black culture seem evil mm, um, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, anytime I watch the news, watch regular news, local news, whether it be local or, you know, uh, nationwide news, I see that anytime they bring up uh, uh, a black uh, incident that has happened with, not to say, I wouldn't say a black incident, but an incident involving black people, um, it's normally, most likely in a negative uh, tone. You know, whether it be uh, black on black crime, shoplifting, robbery, uh, something to that extent. So when I look on the flip side, when they show the majority of white people, I don't see that same type of tone across a broad span of television networks. Um and not even like television networks, just even in the treatment of a criminal, depending on if they're black right. or white. So, you know, Dylan Riff goes into the church in the South and right. shoots up the whole Bible study and the police stop at Burger King and get him a hamburger on the way to right. the right. police station. Absolutely. So I think like, does that happen? And I remember a few years ago, there was a um, sociology study of uh, media articles and it was right when I shoot, I cannot remember that man's name, but anyway, he killed his entire family because he was having an affair. White man, 
Mm. Um, white collar, really nice job, lived in the suburbs of Denver, killed his wife, who was pregnant, and their two little girls. And there was a, a man, a black man, who his daughter was being raped in a rest stop um, restroom. And he went in and saved his daughter it, while she was in the being raped, went mm. in there, grabbed her, got her out, and beat the guy. And the guy ended up dying a couple of days later in the hospital. And he was vilified where the man who killed his entire family because he wanted to have a mistress mm. he was not vilified un, like until later and it just it just you're right that disparity between the uh races and how the media depicts that and also how the cops treat like right well, well let's just stop and get you a hamburger that's well this is this is a this has been a uh something that i've spoken on numerous times um the laws of law law is mandatory for any civilization. You have to have laws. You have to have some type of order, some type of structure in any situation because that keeps everybody moving in the same direction. To me, law should be uh, predicated up off of what uh God laid down, you know, in the beginning of, of of time. You know, um there are laws that were placed on the early civilizations by God. Now I don't want to get off and all to, into that right at this moment. But we know that there were laws placed down um in the beginning of time. So <clears throat> We know that they are, they're not uh, 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 numerous laws, but they're laws. Well, to me, if a country places laws on the books, they should be similar to those original laws. Um, anytime you go outside of that, you're doing it for another reason. Hmm. Okay, so this country here has millions of laws on the books. Millions of laws on the books. And anytime you have that many laws on the books, it's not to keep people uh, moving in the same direction. It's to control a people. It's to control some segment of the country. Um... When we compare that to um, our Constitution, mm -hmm. and if we break down the Constitution, we see that uh, the Constitution was made and written to um, enable the future lawmakers to be able to carry on the dictates of the original uh, 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 so-called founding fathers. The, this country, we know, we don't have to dig into it, we know that this country was built off of uh, basic criminal activity. Yes. We know this. 
You know, this isn't hard to figure out. You know, we know about slavery. We know about the kidnapping, the raping, the pillaging, the, the, uh, 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 all of the illegal acts that was going on in the beginning. So when we look at, when we break down the laws, right? And we compare that to the people that the laws affect the most, we can see a direct correlation to the constitution. Yes. Like the 13th yep. and 14th amendment, we can see a direct correlation. So when I start to think about that and I start to think about why is it that the, the, the people, the very people that helped this country be great are still under the footstool of the uh, the founding fathers hundreds of years later. When I think about that, I can only say that there were institutions that were put in place to maintain that type of uh, ideology. Yeah. And when I think about um, all the institutions that were born from the original institution, the original founding fathers, all of those institutions teach and 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 uh, move in a way that continues the mental enslavement of my people. Yes, and there are only two of the founding fathers, only two of all those men who signed that declaration and created all the laws, there were only two that did not own slaves at the time. And that was John Adams and John Quincy Adams. Those were the only ones that did not own slaves. So you're talking men who are setting up laws of the land and who want to keep their, quote, property, property, right. and do not want to free all these people. So, yeah, it is written very skewed. So I just, I just want to say that... Um, we know that this that the United States of America is a business. It's a corporation. If you look it up in the law books, it, you know, you look up United States of America, it's going to tell you it's a corporation. Any business, any business's end goal is to be a turnkey operation. Mm -hmm. Meaning that all they have to do is supply the supply and it will make money. Open the door and it will make money. The institutions that uh, are born from the original institution are in place to ensure that we stay in a subservient position. When I think about when I think about the 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 school system, and I think about any 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 status of a civilization is predicated up off of the the what we teaching the kids, what we teaching uh, in the classroom, and we know that teachers are the worst paid. You know, uh, one of the worst paid uh, professions there is in this country. Right. But entertainment is one of the greatest uh, uh, paid uh, professions. Um, but when I think about 
what we're teaching the kids in the classroom, teaching them how to read, teaching them how to write. But what we're not teaching is uh, things that would benefit the children in a, in a manner of being self-sufficient. Um, giving them the tools that would make them uh, independent, make them be in a position of e equality and equity uh, with everybody else around the world, not just around the country. Um, and I think it's important, too, to mention when we're talking about education that the U.S., is attempting to make strides, right? So we have all this project-based learning now. We have all this problem-based learning now. We have all this technology in the classroom. A lot of districts and a lot of states are moving towards a more, you know, work workforce-friendly education. So it's not so much where it's not a pipeline up to higher ed anymore. It's a pipeline into the trades and all of that. So we're making mm -hmm. strides in that direction, but what we are not making strides in is the equity between um, the privileged students in a privileged community and students that are in, in poorer communities that are not privileged. And I mean, that came to light in all of this distance learning, that mm -hmm. if you are in a wealthy community and you have means and opportunity, you soared in distance learning. Mm -hmm. If you did not, you might not have Wi-Fi at home. You might not have technology at home. Mm -hmm. Your school is probably not one-to-one. -one. So it is not equitable as much as we want to showcase our business, right? Our country mm -hmm. as a business as being this amazing technology, you know, sound place. It's not. And I think coming to that realization with you talking about the country in terms of a business and um and and just the different hierarchical levels of a business i think it was really interesting we were talking um before we started the podcast about um you know i made the comment that it seems that that black culture is more matriarchal and you brought up some really interesting points to that right. about how this how white privilege and white supremacy not only is keeping that education, you know, where it is, mm -hmm. but it's also keeping the family, the black family in a place of dysfunction. What can you talk to us about that? Because that just okay. that hit me hard. Yeah. So so inevitably what happened was that um, the slave slavery had to have workers they had to have workers and the black man was the strongest of the, the 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 men that could do the work of the land you know and endure a lot of uh pain and duress to get the work done but in order to keep the black man in a subservient position to where he would work with no questions asked things had to been put into place in order to keep him in his place as a worker. Um, before slavery, the black man was king. 
in what we call Africa, but the black man ran civilizations, great the greatest of civilizations around the world. The white man knew this. He knew that in in the, in the current state of the black man that he would not do the work and would inevitably kill him, you know, if he tried to enslave him. So what he had to do is he had to put uh uh he had to put things into place that would make the black man mentally weak so the black man would continue to do the work and not ask questions just work so things were put into place like uh the emasculation of the black man in front of all the other slaves things like rape uh uh sodomizing the black man um um i don't know what you would call that castration mm -hmm. um in front of the other slaves um the thing where they would do the 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 time to a horse and pull his body apart in front of the other slaves and what that does to the other slaves and especially the men it would make the men scared it would scare them you know and make them be uh more timid more docile more tame in order for them to uh that would benefit the slave master and make the slave be more uh willing to work without asking questions or without resisting and the females the females because they were the rearer of the children they would inevitably make the uh teach the young boys to be scared and keep them close and coddle them and 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 make them be mentally afraid but physically strong and the females would be the opposite they would be mentally strong but physically weak so this perpetuated over hundreds of years doing this to uh the slaves would create a situation to where um now we have families in the black community that are ran by the women and the men are uh uh more or less scared to resist yeah scared to uh uh go against the grain you know scared to do their own thing just follow suit um so that's why I try to always point people to the initial cause, the root cause, and then show them over time, slavery isn't the same as it was. Right. It just transformed. It transformed in different, uh, 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 over time, it transformed. It's, uh, I read a book called, we've talked about that, the Jim Crow, the new Jim Crow. Jim Crow never went away. Jim Crow never went away. It just changed forms over time. And so that's why now um, the new word for uh, a slave is felon. So that ties back to the original conversation that we were having and we were talking about earlier in the podcast where everything is criminalized now. Yes. Everything is criminalized. And even though the black man 
doesn't commit the most crimes out of the races. We go to jail and we get prosecuted and go to prison at a much higher rate. That's because we are considered still the workforce. We still consider the workforce. So um, we don't really understand that we are patriarchal people. Hmm. We don't really understand that we have to be strong. We have to be what we are supposed to be. We are, are, are guided into confusion with, within our communities because I understand that the heredity is strong. But what's stronger than heredity is environment. Hmm. So what happens and what makes us what makes people think that we are uh, a vicious people we are a savage people when we are actually the opposite but what makes people think that is if they look at our communities and how our communities got the way they are we don't own any ships. We don't own any planes. We don't own any factories. But our community is filled with drugs. They filled with guns. They filled with alcohol. How do these things get here? How do they how do they pop up in our communities and they only in our communities? They brought here by the the, the 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 founding fathers this is what they wanted to do this is the new jim crow this is how they come and they keep us in a low state now you have certain people that make it out they weave their way through and they get out mm -hmm. but the majority fall victim to one of those and it becomes a vice yeah and so that vice is what causes the uh 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 what i talked about with the 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 man being weak and the woman being mentally strong because what happens is now he done got addicted to drugs yeah now he can't take he can't provide for the family the way he should or he didn't get addicted to drugs he started selling the drugs and he got went to prison now the woman is taking care or he gets killed by one of the guns. And now the woman has to take care of, 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 you know, the household. So these variables, these variables that happen are all placed there for a specific reason. They're placed there for a specific reason. Um, that's why uh, I have to always say when people say, oh, they commit crimes. I had a I had a psychologist lady tell me one time, oh, if you commit crimes, you're supposed to go to prison. Well, I would have to say, I said to her, I said, well, let me tell you something. And I broke down. We had a very deep discussion, me and her. We had a very deep discussion. And I went into how the, the, the country was started and, and we broke all of that down and we tied it all the way back to now and her getting her psychologist degree. Mm-hmm. And 
her degree was a direct reflection of the original government. So she was basically perpetrating the 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 uh mental enslavement of the people. You know what I'm saying? Through her 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 degree. So I want everybody to understand that black people are not evil. We're not a naturally evil people. We're not a naturally violent people. We're not uh, any of the, 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 the social constraints that the media tried to portray. Um, we're a people that are waking up. We are people that are tired of being the status quo or living the status quo. We're tired of um, being peed on mm -hmm. and they telling us it's raining. I'm going to say, are you peeing on me? So mm -hmm. this is the way that that uh, people have to understand. I like to use this one last uh, analogy. Somebody told me this a long time ago and it made the most sense. In the game of Monopoly, Mm -hmm. When we start off the game Monopoly, we start off with two fives. You're supposed to start off with two fives, like what? Five one hundreds and, I mean, two, or two five hundreds. Mm -hmm. Like five one hundreds, uh, a couple fifties, you know, some tens, some twenties, some tens, and some fives and ones. Okay, that's what the normal pers person is supposed to start off with. Right. But what a black person starts off with is a couple hundreds maybe 150, maybe a 20, and a 10. And I'm supposed to compete with the person that has all the money. Yeah. So by the time this person done bought up everything that I'm competing against, I'm still supposed to be in a good mood for one. <laughs> right. And I'm supposed to say the game is fair. And I'm supposed to uh, keep playing and, and, and be in a happy place when it's practically impossible for me to win. You know? Right. So this is the way that is set up in this country for the black people in, in, in my community and in communities like my community. So white people, white America must understand that these things are real. We're not making these things up. No other race knows what it feels like to be uh, uh, be preyed upon from the time they little. From the time you little kids to everywhere you go, you got to watch out not for the uh the 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 robbers and the killers, but you gotta watch out for the very the very people that's supposed to protect you, the police. Right. They prey on our hoods, and that's only because they are in place to keep order in our communities. Now, I'm gonna say that all police aren't bad. There are a lot of good officers out there. A lot of good officers out there. But you still have those good officers under the guidance of the original 
government. The original police was put together for slave catching. Yeah. So this is the mindset of the original government. And so those good officers get swayed in different ways because they have a job to uphold. And if they don't uphold a job, they lose their pensions or whatever they got coming to them. They lose their money. So you put those good officers in a position to where they have to act in certain manners. We got a great police chief here. I've been knowing Officer Campbell since I was a little, since I was a youngster. And he's helped me out of a lot of situations that could have went bad, you know, for me. And I wasn't even, I was, I wasn't even doing anything, you know what I'm saying? But that's just, he knows, he knows firsthand about the wicked practices of uh, uh, some officers. Yeah. Me and him know personally. So, I would just like to tell people that before you are quick to judge and say, hey, those people are just acting out or those people are just angry or those people are just uh, uh, this or just that or just this, think about growing up in an environment to where you are a prey, you preyed upon every day by the police. Think about growing up in, in an environment to where the, the 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 school to prison pipeline is real. Right. And you know that when you're a youngster growing up, you're a young boy, a young black boy, that eventually you're gonna go to prison. That's our reality. Or you may get shot and killed. Right. By the police. You know what I'm saying? This is our reality. This is what we live with every day. And that creates a high degree of stress, a high degree of uh, 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 intolerance, you know, for BS. Yeah. So when someone tells us that we are making it up or we are imagining it, it ignites a fire in us that 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 is very, uh, it makes us very angry, you know. Now, we shouldn't act upon that anger because we have to be thinkers. But it's still is very annoying to be pushed to the side like it don't like it don't matter like it's nothing when these are real threats these are real situations that's going on so that's why i mainly talk to the young black boys i mainly talk to them because i got to get them mentally strong enough to be able to withstand what's going on out here you know um there is no time for weak boys there is no time for weak black boys this is not the time for that. We have to be intellectual warriors. We have to be intellectual warriors to the point where we can't be conquered by our environments. We have to be bigger and greater than that. We can't be conquered by uh, uh, a weak school system. We can't be conquered by um, um, predatory police tactics, you know? We have to be stronger than all of that to, in order for us to just survive and make it out of here, you know. Um, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm blessed that you allow me to get on this podcast with you because this was a very, this is a very deep subject and needs to be talked upon a lot, 
you know this needs to be spread this needs to be widespread you know mm -hmm. um you ask you ask the best questions you ask the best questions that i've heard anybody ask you know and i, I thank you for those questions because those questions are powerful those are powerful questions the answers are powerful but the question is powerful because only a select few can ask those questions and 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 know how to word them to get the right answers you know and so i thank you for that i thank you for that that's tough well, I think it's just so important that we, if we have learned anything from the past um, fight for equality, right, and the civil rights movement, and even the women's movement, and the LGBTQ movement. So if we have um, learned anything from these movements, I think one thing that we absolutely have to take with us into this new civil rights movement this Black Lives Matter movement is we have to go deeper. It's not enough to just make sure on the surface there's equality, but there has to be understanding. If there's not understanding in the core, then it's not going to work, right? If, you're, if your roots aren't fertile, then the plant's going to die. Absolutely. And so I think we have to take all of the plantings from all of those movements that we've seen and make sure that the roots of this are very strong. And it's not going to be strong without empathy and without understanding. So we have to have these deeper conversations. We have to have these harder conversations. It's not enough to just on the surface say there needs to be equality and tit for tat. Like that's not gonna, that's not gonna make this happen. It has to go all the way down to our roots, and and that's what makes the plant grow, right? So I know. For me, even when I go back and look at my family history and the stories that are passed down from generation to generation to generation, those stories, as they're being told, as they're woven through the generations, impact. And it becomes legacy in who I am because of what my ancestors did or didn't do, regardless if it's something I did. And I think that white people are so, so defensive about, well, I don't have any slaves. No, but if we just think of our own family trees and how that legacy is woven, even these social constructs, how they get woven through the generations, those impact us. And that's how we end up with white privilege. We, we, we might not own the slaveries, but we have the white privilege because of this thread that is woven from then. And even if you're like, well, my family didn't even come to the United States until, you know, way after that time period, that's fine. But you still were grafted in. You still were grafted into that legacy based on the color of your skin in this in this country. Mm -hmm. That is a very thing. And so I think we it's it's more than just well, slavery happened, you know, you know, slavery ended a few hundred years ago and we just need to, we just need to stop with all this. Like, no, this is a systemic root issue that we have to start coming to the table with open minds mm -hmm. and, and talking about. And the one thing that I just want to reiterate that you said that I just think is so key that I talked about on the last podcast was this whole concept of gaslighting. So when somebody who is not black is saying, oh, that didn't happen or, oh, that can't be. That is mental abuse. 
And that breaks down a person's psyche so fast mm -hmm. to be told that what you are saying isn't true. Right. So are you calling me a liar? I must be a liar. Oh my gosh, did that really happen? And you start second guessing and questioning every single thing that you do. And it takes out all of your own agency, your own power and your own strength. And so to see that on the larger scale happening to an entire race, still today, that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Still today. I mean, just in my little my little world of teaching at a teaching at a diverse school right so my kids i have all different backgrounds all different um ethnicities everything when i'm talking to a parent and when i'm talking to a black mom and i am saying as a white woman how do you want me to handle the situation with johnny joe I've now given agency back to her over her child instead of me, the white teacher, saying, well, I know better. Right. And I think right. that these conversations are going to go even that much deeper. Right. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your child. You're going to tell me how to support that because I'm not going to gaslight you and say, oh, no, no, it has to be done this way. Right. So... I just thank you for coming on and, and yeah. sharing some of that. I think it's so important for our listeners to hear more and more black voices from our own local communities as well as on Absolutely. the main stage with the media. Like, it's Absolutely. just so important to have more voices right. be heard. We just want to, I just want to just, just get it out there that, like you said, we just have to understand that it's, it's not, I hear people say that a lot. You said, uh, Slavery happened 400 years ago and this and that. And they have, white people has to understand that just be, like you said, just because your family didn't have slaves, that you have been woven into the cloth of white supremacy. Exactly. So your path to uh, financial freedom success, whatever you want to call it, is a lot less turbulent as a black person in that yeah. same position. So when we yeah. have to understand that when we get to that point right there and we start to start to dig into that discussion right there, then we getting somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then we're then we're getting somewhere. Um Again, I thank you for this 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 opportunity. You know, this has been a good a good thing that you're doing. Um, I hope you continue it, and I hope you have me back again. You know, oh, of uh, course. And I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. So, everyone, Jonita will be back soon, and we're gonna be having more and more conversations um, in all different areas whether it be community leaders like Melty or it be um, educators, uh, people that work in law enforcement, wherever, we're just going to be having more and more conversations for us to, for us white people to understand the, um, oh, the black perspective in all these different areas of life, right? Life is multifaceted. So in order for us to understand black perspective in every area we're we're just going to spend some time this season talking with people from all different um all different places in life so anyway thanks again for joining us and we'll see you on another talk of coffee with my white friend bye-bye